Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution, and I want to welcome you to this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution, creators of Fuse. Fuse is the insurance marketing software that skyrockets retention, boosts your policy per customer, makes your clients love your agency. What more could you want without you having to hire more staff, programmers, or technologists? If you haven't done it lately, do yourself a favor. Visit agencyrevolution.com and request a demo of this award-winning software. Uh, Also, I think you're going to love this conversation I had with my guest today, Jeff Arnold. Jeff is... um, an agency principal, and obviously, I love to have a have a robust conversation with an agency principal who clearly has an understanding of how to market, how to grow, how to run an agency in the modern age of insurance. So you're going to love this conversation. Uh, we cover a lot. Jeff talks about, uh, in particular, I thought this was fascinating, uh, his observation about the three tech products that every agency should install in their agency now. And um, some of that may be a little bit of a surprise because some of the things that I suppose were cutting edge a little while ago, Jeff is assuming, well, you've got that. So we're really looking towards the future. But as you will discover, Jeff has all three of these installed in his agency right now. Uh, we also talk about how um, clearly technology has changed the job of of agency leadership, but he talks about how, um, in a very personal way, how the pandemic has uh, demanded new dimensions to agency leadership. So I know you want to listen to that, and then shares how to how an agency can be tech forward and tech enabled, but not tech shackled. <laughs> so I think with all of today's technology, you'll want to listen to that. Um, so I'm going to bring you into the conversation here uh, because that's what it's all about. Before I do that, I'll remind you, please connect with me on LinkedIn, follow Agency Revolution on LinkedIn. If we have merited uh, in your heart of hearts a five-star review, I would be honored if you gave us one. And uh, I do have uh, uh, new training that I'm making available to listeners of this podcast on the seven secrets to scale your agency 25 to 40% in the modern age using contemporary strategy and contemporary tools. So we'd love to see you join me there. You can register for that training at www.michaeljanslive.com. And now it is a, a privilege and an honor to invite you to this conversation with my friend, agency principal, fellow Arizonan, Jeff Arnold. Jeff Arnold, thanks so much for joining us. How are you today? 
I am well. Thank you so much for having me, uh, Michael. I've looked forward to being on your show for a very long time. Oh, goodness sakes. Had you let me know maybe earlier, you know, we could have done this earlier. So in any case, I'm excited about this conversation because, number one, uh, you are a real live agent or agency principal, and so you actually are uh, in the field uh, dominating a marketplace or and, uh, and two, you've got a strategic perspective. So I love it when those things come together. So uh, for starters, Jeff, if you would, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Great. So uh, I are a uh, insurance guy. <laughs> so, no, I uh, um, run an insurance. Everyone likes to consider themselves part of the insure tech space. So I will also adopt that uh, insurance agency that is uh, extremely tech forward. Um, a company is called Rightsure. We do business in 42 states. Uh, outside of uh, running the day-to-day -day stuff of insurance, I, uh, I'm an author and I, I love to write as fitful uh, and as difficult as the experience is. It gives me great pleasure in the end. So uh, um, that and raising a family keeps me busy. All right. So let's circle in on the agency a little bit. Sure. Uh, how old is it? Um, founded in 1994. Uh, I sold it in uh, 99 to a bank and then purchased it back from the same bank in 2008. So this time around, we're 13 years old. How's that? Uh, fair enough. And, and back in 94, was that an organization you started or did you yeah uh, started started from scratch I had uh, worked at another uh, firm for literally uh, a well-known firm uh, in the captive space for literally about two weeks uh, and then I gave my two weeks notice after a month there I'm like, I can do this on my own without a lot of training really I didn't even uh, finalize the license until I started on my own so yeah just uh, went cold turkey early on started started from scratch okay and so so the agency, tell us a little bit about the agency now. Um, yeah, because yeah. now th 13 years under your um, new ownership, so to speak. Yeah, so like everyone, we're, on, we're omni-channel, like everyone that's trying to be relevant today, right? So we have um, some uh, brick and mortar, a couple brick and mortar locations, um, uh, 12 different web properties, and that's the primary driver by web properties. I mean, you know, websites that are, are, are made to, to catch people at the top of the funnel drag them into the uh, client conversion process and convert them to policyholders. And so um, we, we spend a, a decent amount of time on marketing, uh, a full team of marketing, you know, four folks who just do uh, social media and marketing for us. Um, and then the, the web properties in the um, um, retail storefronts. And then uh, my books generate a little bit of volume, right? Especially in the uh, consumer space, uh, because one of them is how to beat your insurance company, but it's really telling people, about how to get an agent and, and, and save money. And so that drives a decent amount of traffic for us. Got it. All right. And the specialties, because I know that you, um, so so you, when I look at the agency, this is not a typical Main Street agency. Yeah, that's that's very fair, Michael. We, um, um, you know, we, we, our web properties play in the space of, um, well, I'll, I'll give them to you, uh, the, the names of a couple of them. Uh, Insure My Vespa, where we focus on, uh, you know, Vespas and that specialty or niche. Or I believe you coined it the, the mm -hmm. micro micro agency or micro product space. I'm going to steal it from you, but I forgot exactly what you said. <laughs> uh, we're in the, 
you know, uh, approaching a thousand Vespas insured. We, we truly enjoy that. And then we have insure my classic car where, you know, getting some really good steam there. Um, and just, just a host of other web properties in this niche space where it's not so crowded, right? Everyone else is spending the dollars to get uh, auto and home. And we're playing outside of that really, really crowded space. Got it. All right. Um, now, home and auto. Do you write home and auto in addition to all these other highly focused markets? Oh, absolutely. It's still uh, the number one product for us, right? And so, yeah. um, okay. as a matter of fact, one of our, our web properties is called writeraider.com, um, and it generates, you know, in, in excess of a thousand new units a month. So it's a, it's a, it's a decent okay. player for us. And that's all the auto space. And so, yes, you have to, you can't bury your head. That That's still going to come to you. Um, but so short answers. Yep. Certainly in the, the, the mom and pop or the primary PNC business, auto and home, you have to be in that. Got it. All right. And I've noticed that when I have uh, visited your site, you've got a, a fairly decent sized team. I don't know if everybody's represented there, but roughly how many people? Um, there's 52 total in our call center. And I say call center because, uh, again, all the web properties just generate call volume in. Um, and so there's a lot of, you know, it takes a lot to service it from, to staff it from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night, which every good call center has to do these days. And then we have a handful of folks in our retail locations as well. So, Got it. All right. So um, speaking of Jeff as an author, uh, I noticed that there are several on your website. And I'm, I think I'm thinking of not the agency website, but the Jeff Arnold website. And uh, one of them um, boldly proclaims predictions for the insurance industry. So this is often where I like to start. Yeah, so I think three things really come to mind really quick, uh, Michael. Um, and I think two of them I discussed in detail in that, that latest publication, one of my, my latest pubs. Um, uh, and those two that I discussed in pretty great detail is, of course, chatbots and uh, artificial intelligence, right? I would submit to your listeners this, that um, um, voice recognition is also really gonna get ramped up here as this current generation of, of those, you know, say under 19, they're so <clears throat> adapted to Siri and Alexa that that is just second nature to them. And they're gonna want that to migrate into the service experience. So um, number one, any agency today needs a chat bot. Uh, and they need to be able to have the person opt out of the chatbot and talk to a human because it's not just me that says it. The data says it, that they want to be in control of the consumer experience, they being the consumers, your policyholders. But at some point, chatbots just aren't programmed enough. They want a human. So you have to hand them off to a human, right? We're still in the game. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, humans, go. Still <laughs> people of Earth, right? <laughs> and yeah. then... Um, you know, we are really leveraging, I think we're really tech forward here in that we leverage uh, AI, you know, artificial intelligence. So it's listening to all of our calls in our call center, uh, reminding our call center staff that, you know, you've been talking 70% of the time. Why don't you ask an open-ended question or prompts them that you didn't validate drivers or you didn't validate household members. And so AI artificial intelligence will be commonplace in all large agencies and call centers because it's a coach that's right there listening in all the time, delivering a, a predictable service experience, right? So I think those three chatbots, 
artificial intelligence and then uh, speech recognition are, are, are going to transform our industry and probably much sooner than we want it to. Tech forward or tech enabled, whatever, uh, whatever you want to ascribe to it, um, to me they're a little different, but yeah, it's, you have to enable all kinds of technology at, at the uh, agency level. It's still baffling. So you, you haven't even kind of identified some of the technologies that, um, you know, like once upon a time they were new, but now like they didn't even come into the conversation because my presumption is from, from your point of view, well, that's already established that of course you need uh, websites and they need to be appropriately designed perhaps niched out. Um, so here, so what I'm getting at, my question is, can you talk to us a little bit about whatever um, process or protocol or discipline you have to help you identify emerging technologies and select them? And then yeah, great, great question. Thank you. And, and uh, to, to back up a, a moment, agree that uh, that's a foregone conclusion in my mind that you're already leveraging uh, existing technologies in place for top of the funnel, uh, marketing to your customers, touching them. We call it hugging the customer at every opportunity, right? Um, you have to be hugging them often because everyone else is reaching out to them, right? I mean, <laughs> lots of people want to date your customer. You better be hugging them and tell them how great they are. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then... Um, as far as the tech face or, or tech pot, I, I think of it a, a little different. I think of it in three ways, right? I think, and we've said a couple of words, um, tech enabled, tech forward, and tech shackled, right? Uh, and the last one's important. And so when we are thinking about enabling new technology, um, I always try to challenge our people because here's why. Like we as leaders and executives make the mistake of we just want one version of the truth. We want the data so we can see. And that's what we leverage the, the tech for, right? The speed and the data. Um, now, where did the consumer enter into that part of the conversation? They didn't, right? And that's what insure techs do. They come in and they disrupt this consumer experience. Mostly, I would submit, they add speed to the process because these big dinosaur legacy-based systems of these wonderful insurance companies move slow and they're very process-driven. Um, and so that, that whole tech-forward, tech-enabled piece is different because you can be tech-forward um, by adopting new technology, tech-enabled by using the stuff that's already there. But what you want to be careful of is being tech shackled. And it matters because the consumer experience is what means that they're going to buy from you or not. And all of us can think of any insurance company, if agents is the predominant audience for, for this conversation, you can think of dozens of insurance companies who have implemented a new technology platform. And basically what it did is break every part of the process. It gave the executives of the insurance companies what they wanted and the tech people what they wanted, but the service people and the agents were consulted on it and it's a miserable one to two year process. And so that's what, you know, I'm introducing tech shackled into every conversations. And I speak to a lot of insurance executives and say, you know, it, at some point early on in these decision-making processes of tech forward and tech enabling you, you have to bring in outside agents, outside customers, and your own policy services staff who are servicing the clients and get their buy-in. And you need to give all of them the gavel of dissent to disagree with every executive and every IT executive to say, this is not going to work. So that's my soapbox. I can stand on that and shout loudly, <laughs> but uh, that's, uh, that's my tip. You have um, built a, uh, oh, a tech-friendly culture. 
right? So it it steeps below you. It seeps into the agency itself. So it's it sounds like when you're confronted with a tech opportunity, you're going to bring it to your team and make sure that they get to um, critique it, touch it, feel it, and see how it works. That's true because so um, so often the most uh, well my, my greatest failures are this. I'm I'm too quick to latch on to the latest technology, right? Because that's what, uh, incorrectly, I fancy ourselves as, oh, we're tech, we gotta go buy out and buy another software as a service platform or launch this. And sometimes I'll be three SAS's ahead of everyone else and we haven't integrated the last two or three, right? <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, I realized my failure. It took me a long time to understand that I was the speed bump or I was the problem, right? I was just giving them too many things. Um, so now, um, we have committees that adopt this technology or kick the tires and say, does it add to the client experience? Does it add to uh, our culture or take away from it? Again, does it shackle us or does it really add value to our service people? And that's how we spent so much time on artificial intelligence because our service managers were saying, look, I get I can only listen to so many calls and help coach. But AI, artificial intelligence, is listening to every call. It tells them when to slow down. It tells them when they're talking too much. And it tells them when the client may be angry to listen closely, ask uh, an open-ended question. So, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I have to ask this question, Jeff, uh, that, that may be on the minds of some of our listeners right now. So this guy is um, consuming technology, not willy-nilly, but with some discipline. Um, but then ultimately, you know, the, the, the question emerges, so what, what difference has it made? So I ask you that, how, how has your, um, attitude and skill set with, uh, appropriately or carefully selected technologies helped your agency grow? Yeah, I, I what we're after. What we're looking for is validation, not from the top line growth or even the bottom line net income. Of course, of course, those are drivers. We're looking for customer experiences of wow, right? And uh, the number one marketing method that we try to leverage is PWOM, positive word of mouth. And that's what we're after. We're, we're after like if, they, if someone, everyone listening has gone through a Chick-fil-A drive through and come away with... How do they do that in fast food, right? And so we're after that same experience when they hang up the call. How does RightShare get those kind of people, right? By integrating technology, asking the right questions, and focusing on dialing in the right customer experience is, is what we're after. In the real world of, of uh, agency success, which your agency is obviously enjoying, um, what do you think, what are the most important drivers of it? So I, I would say, um, it's um, two things, right? Key strategic indicators and standards and benchmarks, right? M maybe fancy words. We have a second to unpack them, right? And so, uh, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah, let's unpack them. Yes, thanks. So, you know, our key strategic indicators are are by division, right? If you're in service or sales or claims or or retail um, or helping in marketing, you, you have a set of key strategic indicators. Now, these aren't just you know useless words that hang on the wall. They have to be in your ethos and part of your DNA, right? You have to be, be able to believe in this Kool-Aid, right, <laughs> that we're drinking. Um, and key strategic indicators are what set us apart, right, and how we're going to do it. And at the, inter the center of everything we do is the consumer experience. 
And it goes a little deeper because it's the consumer experience of wow, right? Of wow. You know, no, it doesn't matter if we're selling insurance, we're selling my books, we're selling a message, or we're selling a software. It has to be a consumer experience of wow. And that's this whole series of key strategic indicators. We have five of those for every division that that's what they focus on. And then inside each key strategic indicator is a standard or a benchmark. Uh, if you'll permit me like 60 to 90 seconds, I'll go through one standard and benchmark, right? Um, Love to, yes. Perfect. And so if you can visualize this, I, I, full disclosure, I'm a product of the Kentucky public school system, so I need pictures, but I'm going to try to do it verbally for your listeners, right? <laughs> so if you, if you um, think of a blank sheet of paper, on the left side of that paper, you draw a line all the way to the right side of the paper. On the left side, you have what's called a negative 10, and on the right side, you have a plus 10. And in the middle, let's just give you a zero, and then a plus five on the right, negative five on the left. Stay with me. We have negative 10 to plus 10 on the piece of paper. We're just going to use one key strategy, I'm sorry, one standard or benchmark that RightSure sure staff would use to complete a phone call, right? So a key strategic indicator of plus 10. Plus 10 means that they use the client's name in the phone call. They uh, greeted them with the greeting of the day. They ended the call asking them if there's anything they could help them with. They told them, thanks for making RightSure the best company that it is. You're the best part of RightSure. And then they offered them to download our app. That's a plus 10, okay? Now, let's say employee B just had an off day and they just you know, didn't use the client's name, didn't tell them about our app, or didn't thank them. That's a zero. And it's real easy to correct behavior without destroying people if you use key strategic indicators from negative 10 to plus 10. Because it could really just be, Michael, I see you're like a whole bunch of zeros today. Now I'm not attacking Michael's, you know, just his behavior. We need to be at plus 10. You know, zeros and negative 10s are welcome to work anywhere else. Plus fives and plus 10s are available to work at RightShare. But it's easier to build that culture. And every person has a dozen key strategic indicators for everything they do. So it was a deep dive, but just give you one insight into our key strategic indicators and our standards and benchmarks. Well, that, uh, on that particular example, it's a fascinating example. Um, how often do you measure, for example, a phone call, like each phone call, and how do you measure? So it used to be. Uh, uh, super laborious and difficult and you could only get to you know a handful and then you got to re-recruit the person that's listening to them all because it's you know destroyed morale and then uh, so a couple ways you could do it we're, we're leveraging AI more but we also use offshore uh, offshore folks to listen um, and we'll just ship over five to ten random calls a day upload them to the cloud okay their job is Got to it. listen and score, right? And they have our key strategic indicators and our benchmarks, what Michael should say on every call, what Michael should do if the client raises their voice, what should happen if they use an expletive, right? So all these things they have, and a report card comes back. That's what's used now, but more and more we're leveraging AI. And so it's listening and it's getting better and better at saying, uh, really at giving them a report card every day that says, um, you know, eight out of 10 times you hit it right on and it gives them some confetti pop that says they did great. And when they missed it, they get a, a notice and their manager gets a notice and I get notices from everyone on a, on a weekly report that says, you know, Michael's at 70%, but here's the deal. 
Michael only misses this 30% at the same time. So it's kind of like he doesn't understand you have to ask him to download the app. And so now we can really drill in. It's like if you're a pitcher and you got a problem with the curve, we can say, all we're going to do is work on your curveball today, right? So <laughs> that's, that's what, again, uh, it helps us right. to correct the behavior without destroying the people because people are the most important part of our company. So a long-winded answer. I apologize to your listeners, but uh, had to get all that out. Okay. No, no, that's great. Um, so let me ask you another question that I, I assume is part of your strategic thinking, and that is your um, focus on uh, micro niches and niches, right? Some, some very kind of small, right? And some obviously bigger than that. That's part of your, uh, that, that's a um, strategic, um, oh, imperative, uh, largely, that drives the growth of the agency for you, isn't it? It is. Um, uh, there's an old saying that uh, culture eats strategy, right? And so yeah, we're very right. aware that we have to get the strategy right and the culture inside has to support it. So you can imagine that if you're dumb enough like me to just focus on a product that at max might be $150 in premium, Vespas, right? <laughs> like, you're willing right. to go on a small niche margin like that and say, oh boy, we're the biggest in Vespas insurance, um, that there's going to be some culture problems or some really some financial negatives associated with that. But the strategy was this, let's find a, an uncrowded field where we can quickly rise to number one, two, or three, because I can't, I don't, very few people listening to this has the checkbook large enough to be one, two, or three in the auto space, right? That is a hundred million to billion dollar play in any marketplace, but Vespa's not so crowded. Maybe um, artisan contractors might not be so crowded in your area. Maybe it's classic cars. Find yours, find that niche, but your, the key word was right. It has to be part of your strategy. It has to be really purpose-led, and you got to design a really good story around it in order for just not only you, but your people to buy in and that you can tell customers. Okay. So I was going to ask you about the mechanics, but let's uh, focus in on the story for a second. Um, tell us, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so uh, it, every good portion of anything, be it Starbucks or any company has a narrative based frame around it. Right. And so when you can frame it as a narrative uh, that, that people can, can really buy into, I'll give you hours, right. Um, for adoption or yeah. whatever, but our, our rate guard technology, that's our mobile app, right. Rate guard. And basically it says to this, um, you'll never have to suffer through another rate increase again, that the horrible insurance company, you know, perpetrates upon you <laughs> because you have our, our app rate guard. Well, that doesn't really resonate with a lot of people, but the purpose, the narrative outside of rate guard and outside of right sure uh, is this, right? So we exist, and this is what customers really drink in and our, our people really buy into. Our purpose outside of insurance is fourfold, and it's really um, charity-based, right? And so it is, um, we, we, we focus on our city, our state, the nation, and the world globally. And I'll just tell you really quick what those are because that makes people excited about us. And so us, little tiny right here from Tucson, Arizona, we focus locally first in Tucson on our food banks. And we not just write checks, we create package thousands and thousands of meals as a team, right? We go and we do that. At the state level, we focus on domestic violence shelters. And the women and children that go there often need clothing, 
feminine products, towels, everything. So we you know, make sure that those are um, stocked with those. On the national level, we're behind um, uh, Special Olympics, right? And not only contribute, but volunteer on their boards and their local stuff because those uh, children really are awesome and they just need a chance to show how great they are, right? So that's our city, state, and national. Our mm -hmm. global and world is every policy we issue, a percentage contributes to ending human trafficking, right? And so that's a narrative you can get behind. If a company that does those four things, eradicate human trafficking, feed the homeless, help, help women and children, right? And help children with special needs, um, that's mm -hmm. narrative-based. And so it doesn't have to be about technology. Everyone's tired of hearing about technology anyway. They're like, well, what's my dollar going to? It's going to change the world. I mean, that speaks to people. So narrative base is what we mean by that. Okay. So, Jeff, you've been um, the principal of, uh, of an independent insurance agency for, uh, you know, yes, you had a little bit of a gap there, but, you know, it started over 25 years ago, right? Obviously, the job um, of the agency principal, of agency leadership has changed as, uh, as the world around us has changed. What do you think now are the, what are the primary responsibilities of an agency principal and how do you think that differs from what it was uh, 10 or 20 years ago? Yeah, I, I can speak from a real personal revelation over this past year, the pandemic, right? So I, I've always, uh, like most leaders, have grown up focusing on what gets measured gets done, right? Because that's how we deliver results. Uh, the pandemic changed me profoundly. Uh, because I saw my people uh, struggling might not be the right word, but we all went in kind of this pandemic funk or this whatever. And we needed to be remotivated and, and motivating them by metrics and net income and sales wasn't going to do it this time. We had to be really humane. And so I just I shifted, I pivoted and, and changed to just stop asking about metrics and volume and started asking, how are you? How are you getting through this? And so um over the years, my leadership style has kind of been the same. You know, you learn from your failures because I have way more failures and successes and you build up on top of those. But the last year, it's been more um, human based and people relational skills and less um, executive functions of results, if, if that makes sense at all. And so uh -huh. 15 years I've built upon this, you know, what gets measured gets done. Let's go to the next hurdle. Let's get some hockey stick growth. But this last year changed every leader, every executive, every end manager. I mean, how could it not? Right? Yeah. All right. Um, well, if you were uh, in, in this turbulent world right now, if you were going to deliver a message, if you wanted to jump on my soapbox and, and deliver a message to industry leadership, what is it that you want people to hear today? So it, it might seem self-aggrandizing for you, Michael, but I honestly would say subscribe to your podcast because you have actually, <laughs> quite kind. honestly, okay. engaging uh, thought leadership from, uh, from startups, from executives, from people all over the map. Um, this is one place that consolidates all that knowledge um, and for now still gives it away for free, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, that would be my thing um, uh, to... Self-aggrandizing for you. Subscribe because this okay. is where you get your your skill sets get sharpened and you learn from leaders. And pay pay attention. Okay, right. 
Well, I mean, the world is changing really fast. I think that back in the day, um, I remember, um, you know, I'd go into an agent's office and they'd have all of their trade magazines and they'd be maybe in all in the inbox. And then they'd start maybe stacking up in the corner of the office. And um, uh, and and that was probably enough. You know, the pace of change um, was slow enough that you, you pretty much knew what was going on. I, I think it would be difficult for anybody right now to say, I know what's going on with the changes in technology, changes in marketing, changes in different media that are available. And so I think to some extent what you're saying is now more than ever, the ag agency leadership really needs to be armed with information and uh, hopefully also some uh, wisdom, some perspective that provides genuine insight on um, on how to lead, how to guide, what to do. So, well, thank you for that. I wasn't looking for a pitch, but oh, that's great. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I will instruct our producer not to cut that part of it out. Um, <laughs> all right. That being said, uh, well, Jeff, it's been a delight talking to you and, and catching up with you again. Uh, for people who I, I'm going to encourage, by the way, that I, I, I want our listeners to hear hear how to how they should um, find out more about what you have to offer uh, because you've got a lot of very valuable content on your Jeff Arnold website. So if people do want to learn more about you um, or reach out to you, what's the best way that they can do that? I appreciate the offer to do that. So it's real simple. Uh, my website is jeffarnold.com, jeffarnold.com. Um, you know, and I'm fortunate to write for a lot of industry publications. And after they've published them uh, five to seven months later, I will put them up on my website for free. So I have lots of free publications. I do have my books for sale on there, but lots of good thought provoking uh, publications. And if I could encourage your listeners to you know, sign up for my newsletter, I try to get uh, thought provoking, very simple question based emails out quarterly, uh, not to fill your inbox, but just to challenge your thinking. JeffArnold.com. Right on. Uh, well, Jeff, again, it's been a delight catching up with you. Always love to hear about what you're doing in your agency. Congratulations on your success, and thanks for sharing time with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.